27 minutes to 9 o'clock. This is the Karima Brown Show. You are listening to 702. Now, President Cyril Ramaphosa will reinstate a policy and research advisory unit in the presidency, which will give him a clear line of sight over the government, particularly the design, implementation of economic and investment policies. The unit will also give the presidency oversight on strategic projects such as the National Health Insurance Scheme. It's also expected that the new new growth plan and new industrial policy will emanate from work done within the presidency and that a senior minister with a strong government and ANC understanding will be appointed to work in the presidency purely as an advisor to Ramaphosa. While joining me on the line to reflect on the effectiveness of this kind of policy advisory unit located in the presidency and its drive uh, to get policy certainty is Dr. Azar Jamin. He's the director and chief economist at Econometrics. Dr. Jamin, good evening. Thank you for joining us on the program. Uh, good evening to you, Karima, and good evening to your listeners. And then, of course, we are also joined by Professor, Professor Alan Hirsch, Professor and Director of the Graduate School of Development Policy at the University of Cape Town. Uh, Professor Hirsch, good evening. Welcome to the program. Uh, good evening, Karima, and good evening, Ashar, and, and the listeners. Now, uh, Professor Hirsch, let me start with you. You are no stranger to being in a policy advisory unit in a presidency. Uh, you did that under President Thabo Mbeki with, of course, people like Joel Neshetenze and and others. Um, what are the uh, important characteristics that such a policy unit needs to have uh, to give the president sight, um, a line of sight of kind of the priorities that he's identified, but to also guide, um, you know, if people go off track uh, to bring them back uh, on track? Uh, how important is it that uh, this advisory unit is able to do its work free from interference, let's say, from other powerful ministers or powerful figures in uh, the party because we do have a party system and every so often when policy uh, uh, comes from government that, that doesn't match what some people feel uh, with the resolutions of the African National Congress, uh, tension emanates about how that policy gets implemented. Well, you know, it's very hard to, you know, there's a lot of strong um, people in, in the ANC or in this government and in previous governments, and um, it is hard to to make sure that there isn't a sort of a, there aren't conflicts of policies. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, what the most important thing, I mean, obviously the most important thing that we had in PCAS, which was a previous form, now we don't know exactly if, PARS is going to be the same as PCAS or slightly different. I think the only information I've seen is the Carol Payton's article from Business Day today, and I've looked for other stuff. I have spoken to Busani about it, but he said very little about it. Mm. But what we had was Joel Michikensi to start with. So Joel um, is an extremely stable and bright man, highly respected within the ANC. Mm -hmm. He was a member of the NEC of the ANC. He had worked with um, President Thabo Mbeki and the other leadership of the ANC in exile, and then with President Mandela um, mm. in, in the first in the first presidency. So Joe, you know, had a level of um, respect and and also authority because yes. of his ability 
um, that that gave us, you know, a lot of protection. Mm. It wasn't wasn't that alone. I mean, the fact, I mean, obviously, the president has to has to make sure that um, you know we can do our job. Sometimes yeah. it was it got quite embarrassing. You know? mm. I mean, we we would we would write a, a memo to the president, and then he'd, he'd he'd quote from it in in a cabinet meeting, and then the minister concerned wouldn't talk to you for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but um, but you, but nevertheless, we you know we remained uh, you know reasonably respected yes. institution with authority. The other thing is that I think you know with all modesty, I think my colleagues um, and I were, were ourselves also respected as experts in yes. our field. You yes. know, and I think that, that uh, Bhutani is going to have to find people who have that kind of authority in mm. their fields, whether it's economics or health or whichever project he's, he's working on. So people who can talk to people like um, Azar mm. um, and people in the business community and people in the trade unions with, without, without, you know, and, and be taken seriously and not having yes. them um, going to the president to check whether what you're saying is correct or not. Absolutely. Pro- uh, Professor, uh, uh, Dr. Azar Jamil, let me bring you in here. Let me make a practical example. So, for example, in the run-up to this election, Kosato asked the president to actually sack Tito Mboweni. Now, Tito Mboweni is the finance minister and uh, plays a very important part in the way in which we understand economic policy. The markets look to him uh, for certainty and so on. And this is precisely what Alan has spoken about. We, what you need is a policy unit that is going to have the respect of all the role players, all the people p- forming part of the social compact uh, in the party and in the state, and people that, even if people disagree with you, they will A, respect the office that you're working in and, and engage with you rather than uh, you know, have this kind of trenchant uh, policy arguments that gets everybody nowhere. Um, we have immediate priorities. We need to stimulate our economy. We need to make this place investable so that jobs can be created. Um, what should this policy unit have as an absolute non-negotiable uh, for them to create policy certainty and to stay out of the crosshairs of the divisions that are inevitably playing itself out in the governing party and in the, in the alliance? I think the critical thing is to have people involved in the policy unit who are not uh, uh, politically affiliated and who are experts in their fields, uh, who can actually do research and come out with certain recommendations that are not tainted by uh, political uh, nuances all Mm. the time. Now, um, Alan, uh, Professor Hirsch, let me bring you in here. Professor uh, Dr. Jamin is saying this should be a technocratic unit brought in for the expertise. They shouldn't be involved in any politics. Um, you've had experience of that. You had one person in there that could navigate the choppy waters of uh, changing political allegiances and a divided organization and so on. Um, is that the right approach, though, if, if you are going to want to get everybody to kind of, at the very least, um, sing from the same hymn sheet on the broad notes of, of, of policy certainty? Um, you know, I... I, I don't think there's. I don't think any any experts are politically vacuous or politically entire, absolutely neutral. Yes. I, mean, I think the, the key thing is that they are, you know, reliable as 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 experts. Mm-hmm. So when the president, whether it's president, if President Clinton 
appoints the Council of Economic Advisers. Yeah. He's going to appoint very different people from President Trump. Mm. Uh, the key thing is that these people are, A, um, really competent, and, mm. and B, they're, that they're really respected by other people. They can go out and talk to business or, or talk to other economists or, mm. or engage. So I, th- I think the key thing is that they are that they're competent, that they, you know, if, they, if somebody um, makes a presentation to the president, that they can very quickly analyze what its strengths and weaknesses are, what the assumptions are, mm. what's missing, and, and so on, so that they can give the, you know, that they are credible enough um, and, that they, and that they won't be caught out by, by other people who are working in the field. Mm. So, I, you know, I don't think they have to be politically neutral. I wasn't politically neutral. Joel mm. wasn't politically neutral. Mm. Most of us had some sort of ANC background. Um, so, uh, but, I, but at the same time, we were, we were respected. I think that, you know, Joel was, um, you know, my other colleagues in, in, in the unit were, were equally. So, mm. um, you know, it's, it's really important that you know your business. Yes. And that, now, and that you can't be caught out. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Jamin, uh, the one thing that pref- uh, 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 President Cyril Ramaphosa did emphasize is that he wants competent people in ministries, a very trimmed down cabinet. Um, and people who are able to implement these policies. Um, and, of course, if we're going to have a, a, a policy unit uh, that is going to be um, keeping the president abreast of developments, uh, one of the things that I often find is that the left arm in government doesn't know what the right arm in government is doing. We're supposed to have a system of cooperative governance. So let's say, for example, on the issue of ESCOM, we know that municipalities are some of the worst defaulters, uh, but we also know that ESCOM is buying coal at exaggerated prices and sometimes selling it to municipalities at very high levels. Uh, poor, poor municipalities that perhaps get their tranches uh, from treasury, so there's not a lot of cash uh, there, so a collection system doesn't work. How important is cooperative governance going to be in uh, getting policy coherence so that um, you know you have people who naturally fit together uh, working in tandem to get uh, a policy certainty, but two, to get things done, to get things implemented? I think this is where the role of such a research unit uh, can be extremely important. Uh, in whatever uh, I have uh, been exposed to in government, one of the big dangers is that you are having different departments pulling in different directions very right. frequently. And it's not, it's not because they're uh, ideologically uh, uh, opposed to one another or anything. It's just that they uh, tend to live in silos. Mm. And what has been uh, sorely missing in government, government uh, in recent years has been uh, consistency and coordination between yeah. different departments rather than pulling in opposite directions so uh, frequently. Uh, Professor Hirsch, I'm going to give you the opportunity to answer the last question, and I want to use a practical example, right? So everybody talks about development. Everyone talks about maximizing the beneficiation channel. So if you take a place like uh, Kolobeni, that's been identified as a place where mining can happen as a way of development, where ecotourism can be used, uh, where agriculture can be used, uh, the environment can 
be used. Uh, one would have expected that there would be an interministerial committee that would sit, that would look at, you know, what the needs of the community is and how to plan from roads to irrigation systems to what kind of support you give uh, landowners and, and, of course, also what kind of concessions you give to mining companies. How does a policy unit situated in the presidency assist uh, at that granular level, uh, or is that not its job? Does it have to kind of look at things in a much more broader uh, kind of way? Well, it can be broader issues, but it can be that kind of issue as well. Luckily, what's happened is that different parts of government have been responsive to different lobbies. Yes. So the first thing is, I mean, exactly as Dr. Janine says, is that the policy unit has to know what is going on. So mm. who's listening to who, who's saying what. Then, then what you do, you know, is the next step is to bring the technical people together. So to right. bring the, the deputy directors general or the chief directors from the different organizations that it might include the provincial government or even local government in those areas, mm. bring them together and see if you can come to some sort of an agreement. Right. And if you do, then you, kind of, then you find a way to advise the principles. And if, and if you can't do that, then you, then you take it to your principal who yeah. may be... You know, in this case, they're talking about having a senior minister yes. um, in the presidency, or it might be the, the deputy president or the president um, himself. Mm. Um, and then they, and then you, you, you write a memo and you say, this is the problem. This is perhaps the way we think we can resolve it. You know, we recommend that you bring the following ministers together or even have separate conversations with each of them and try and try to try to sort them out. Mm-hmm. So that's what you, you do it in a very quiet way behind the scenes mm. with the technical people. You, you, you can't engage the ministers directly. Yeah. You, can, you can get the president to engage the ministers or, or your, or your you know, or the minister in the presidency or whatever it is who's appropriate. But in, in this case, even a minister in the presidency doesn't have the same weight mm, mm. As, 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 a, as a president. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, it, sometimes it has to go there. <laughs> yes, and of course, Mr. Hirsch, you are talking um, from experience. Thank you very much. That's Professor Alan Hirsch. He's Professor and Director at the Graduate School of Development Policy at the University of Cape Town. And then um, I was also joined by the Director and Chief Economist of Econometrics, Dr. Aja Jamin. We are talking about the policy unit that will be situated in the presidency, and we will essentially be looking at the story very closely. Uh, we have haven't gotten to things like names yet and so on, but we know where the policy gaps are. And as Mr. Hirsch said, different people get lobbied by different groups. But the, the role of the policy unit is to do the quiet work, to do the uh, technical work and to be able to give the president uh, the factual data uh, that comes out. And of course, he will have to negotiate and navigate how that fits into ANC policy.